2: busted Satan's ass every day. Uh, uh,
1: uh,
2: uh, are you familiar with like Calvinism as a concept? It's
1: uh, 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 heaven! It's me. This is so good. Uh, Yo,
2: Jack and I. am a fan of me! Just man. kill him. Sicario.
3: God is calling on me to fuck! <laughs> <laughs>
4: God is calling on me to fuck
2: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta be obedient
4: You gotta be obedient Welcome to Good Christian Fun I'm Kevin
2: I'm Caroline
4: We're here to have Good Christian Fun Caroline, what is God calling on you to do today?
2: The Spirit is moving me to bring a spirit of accountability and conviction Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. my brother Kevin I think I've specifically requested something to be put in the theme song this week and I don't remember what it was.
4: I don't remember I what it was either. But I know that it's not either. there. <laughs> I don't remember what it was either. Because um, I, I didn't want to make it on that promise. But I don't remember what you requested to be put in.
2: It was something on Second Service. You're. I'm sorry. You're going to have to go back and give it a listen.
4: Yeah. Or or an industrious listener will do it. Oh, himself. please.
2: Yes. Do the work. Do that admin for, do work the work for us, for folks. Us. Thank please. You. Thank you.
4: And... Uh, God is calling me to tell you that Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the music, and the movies, and the entertainment, and the direct-to-video movies, perhaps made for and made by Christians, but we're not (laughs) here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. We're just here to call upon you to listen to our show, start to finish. Don't hit the 15-second button for the ad breaks. We need that dough. Buy this products. Un- Uncle Sam is coming and knocking on our door, and it's painful IRS every year. is
2: not what I would call uh, holding the fruit of the spirit this year.
4: You may call this tax season. Caroline and I call it the season in which Kevin sends nine panic texts to Caroline <laughs> saying, wait, how do we do the 1099s again? I forgot. And it's brutal. It's brutal every every year. And That's right. But what's not brutal um, is the Last Chance Detectives? Is that a good segue? The last that's perfect. Chance, last Chance Detectives, a bunch of kid detectives. We love a kid solving a mystery, and a little, a teeny tiny crime in which there's no blood or assault. Hopefully, small kid sized crime, kid sized crimes, and I do wonder. You know, that's one of the things about COVID nineteen is mm. we did see a downtick in crime, including child <laughs> crime. And that's kid yeah. on kid crime.
2: People aren't talking about kid on kid crime, and we're going to need funding for that.
4: Yeah, and we need to abolish it. But then you're going to give Put, to the putting organization. Putting the fun and funding. That's right. Put the good Christian fund and funding. But then you're going to give to the organization. It turns out, okay, the organization you thought was doing good bought a $7 million house to fight kid on kid crime. And it's like, exactly. okay, what do we do about this? And they're like,
2: oh, there's a jungle gym in the backyard. This feels complicated. Any kid could come use it if they can get through my gated community. So it's like, what's the big deal?
4: Yeah, and it's going to feel real complicated. (laughs) Uh, But something that's not complicated is our special guest who's going to help us unpack this mystery with The Last Chance detectives, friends, and folks. He's the head of the Department of Film at Ways and Mains. And you can catch his podcast watching movies at the bar Give it the hell up for Thomas, Thomas Ravitsky! That was
3: the most incredible introduction. Isn't uh. it? It's inspiring me to kick my podcast up a notch.
4: Hey!
2: Yeah, uh, kick it up a notch, Emerald.
3: Hearing you both talk about accountability and your brother, Kevin, I feel yeah. like a sleeper cell who's been activated. And I am back at the <laughs> Iowa regular Baptist camp, oh, uh, yeah. convicted by Christ's message and, and, and thinking about committing my life to him.
4: Okay, well, you're going to think long and hard over the next 90 minutes, hopefully, sir.
2: Come on down to the altar, friend. There is room for you here.
4: There's always room at the... I can't, I can't imagine an altar in which there's not room for some Yeah, you
2: don't Yeah, like um Thomas. don't build a church with a small altar. Make it accessible.
3: Yeah, um, God is. was actually really popular at my church, <laughs> so it was crowded. It is
4: like a little it's like Hillsong it's like uh it's like a Hillsong precursor where there's a VIP section for like <laughs> wailing and moaning. It's a little roped off. That'd be nice. I would pay little, I would I would put a little extra yeah. in the offering plate for that for that particular perk.
2: Totally, totally. Tom, uh,
4: especially if they're... Oh, go ahead. No, no you know what? No, Let's move on. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> now we have to backtrack and I have to say... Caroline, no, I insist. This is unfortunately a Zoom delay or perhaps a long COVID symptom of me. and long COVID. It,
2: <laughs> I have long COVID. I didn't get COVID, but I got long COVID.
4: <laughs> I totally skipped over regular COVID. It went straight to long COVID somehow. So
2: I have all this sort of, yeah, like sort of brain fog, the slowness of humor. That's right. Um, the sort of lacking in, in jokes. I was going to say, if the altar. The walkway to the altar was really narrow because God only wanted skinny legends to be
4: saved. That would be messed up. <laughs> Thomas, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us on the show today, pal.
3: Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is so exciting.
4: Good. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. We would love to know, you know, you already touched upon it. You already gave us a few specifics already. You gave us Iowa <laughs> You gave us the altar. You gave us what you gave us, Baptists, and uh, you will continue to sprinkle in, I'm certain, plenty more specifics. But we would love to know about your upbringing and your raising in the church and your history with faith.
3: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, my grandfather was a Baptist minister, um, and his influence loomed large over the family and my mother and the way she reared her children. So uh, I went to church three times a week uh, for 18 years of my life. Uh, that was Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday night. Um, Sunday evening? Yeah, it's it's real bullshit. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to be hanging out, but instead I was uh, hanging in with... Uh, <laughs> What? Actually, a uh, name redacted.
4: What happened Sunday <laughs> evening? Well, that was different than Sunday morning.
3: You just come back, and they do a sermon all over again, and no. it's one you've heard before. But there is a real obligation for families to attend. I, I wait see. a
2: second. It was like the same service you had probably heard that morning, or were there any variations?
3: Not the same from that morning, but oh. one of like six total sermons uh, in the pastor's rotation. Oh,
4: oh so gosh. they would be unique. Because the way you were describing it initially, I thought, oh, this is like when Vampire Weekend played A-Punk five times at Coachella in a row or whatever they did. <laughs> or it's like, um, yeah, you want it again? Yeah, okay. Van- <laughs> Vampire
3: Weekend went to my church. Um wow. and, and when it was discovered that they owned guitars, they were actually removed.
4: <laughs> um, oh, was this Hardcore Baptist? Talk about the cannot music. Cannot rock out.
3: Hardcore Baptist, yeah. One time uh, I wanted to accompany the youth group uh, in in a song by playing my guitar, um, and I was pulled aside by the pastor of the church, and he explained to me that it was uh, a bit a bit too raucous sounding and that he worried um, <gasps> that it might lead the congregation astray.
4: As if you'd pulled out, like, a, a gun or a weapon.
3: Yeah, no, I, d- I mean, I I, I was... I was holding a gun, but this was about the <laughs> oh. guitar in my other hand.
2: I can't play my gun. Um, that's crazy. So at youth group, what you guys were rocking like the piano, and that was it for sing along time. That is, that's tough.
3: Yes. Um... It, it was it was hymns only uh, no. from the the affordable hymnal that the church purchased. <laughs> um, <Discount> my hymns, <laughs> yeah, no, they literally were like, "Oh, well, this one's a little cheaper, and it's got most of the songs we know and love." <laughs> oh, come, all ye faithful! Come, thy fount of every blessing. Um, mm-hmm. oh, my so my my like uh, extreme rebellion was like listening to Switchfoot. Hell yeah. Which was not not sanctioned by the church.
4: Oh, I wouldn't imagine. And let me loop back, you know, just to kind of even it out with Kev, uh, Caroline's note about the aisleways being a certain uh, width. And I, I will circle back to say, discount hymns? I used to sell those in mid ads on Gilmore Guys. <laughs> <laughs> And that is a male enhancement supplement. Uh, Gotta I wonder to what they
2: were doing booking on Gilmore guys.
4: No offense. Yeah, not the right audience. <laughs> <laughs> not your demo. <laughs> I mean, my assumption is that it would be for frustrated spouses ah, to be like, perhaps. "Honey, yeah. I heard this <laughs> advertisement." That was actually maybe,
2: probably very sad. <laughs> maybe you'd want to look into
4: it. Yes. Okay. Just count him. So church three times a week. Dang. Twice on Switch, Sunday. Which was
2: a rebellion.
4: And then, of course, uh, you did Youth Group on a Wednesday, I would assume.
3: I did, yeah. And we had something called Awana. Has Awana come up on your show Fucking before? Fucking
4: skipper, hiker, climber, sparky.
3: Come yeah, on. I I did it all. I got the, like, um, they had, like, plaques and trophies for when you, like, completed all of huh. them. And I was a real, a real dedicated Awana attendee.
2: The MVP. Did you get a Letterman jacket?
3: No. Um... <laughs> Because that's not of the Lord. That's that's <laughs> boastful to wear that around. But you can have a trophy at home. Now I'm I'm gonna share my
4: screen with y'all real quick just because Caroline doesn't know what you and I know, Thomas, about the sort of temptation, the allure of of Iwanas <laughs> and wanting to complete the program in a particular way. Because Okay, and this oh. is this is sparky. Oh,
3: fuck. It's been so long since I've seen this. Yes. What is
4: going on with that thing? So you would get an Awana vest, and you would get patches, you know, analogous to, like, Boy Scouts, brownies, et cetera. But the thing about it oh my God. is that you would get crowns <laughs> on your vest. And you would, <gasps> get, you would get little jewels. You would get jewels in your crown for oh different, like, gosh. Bible verses memorized. Oh, and, and you, like,
2: pop them in there?
4: Yeah. And uh, so you want to be like uh,
3: this kid, right? Here. Look at
2: this proud boy.
3: Yeah, that's a uh, Colton Burpo.
2: <laughs> yeah, that is Colton
3: Burpo.
4: <laughs> that's minutes from him dying. Actually, wait, look at the puppet. Wait,
2: Kevin, go back up. Go uh, back up. Oh wait, wait. Oh, I saw it. there to the left.
4: To the left. Oh Lord. James. Uh, no. <laughs> oh no.
2: no. We gotta have that. Hey, is that I'm still s- on eBay? I'm
4: Sparky. Uh, you How know. How does
2: Sparky look washed? Up, like he (laughs) looks like he's been to hell and back.
4: Which one is worse?
3: That one. Uh, That Sparky's got drip. (laughs) Yeah, Sparky. Yeah, the
2: bucket hat is actually really. (laughs)
3: Right <laughs> he he looks like a pervert <laughs> that's, he, that's a really demented smile it's
4: so he scary looks like bill murray for some reason i don't <laughs> understand
3: that but yes, i will say i'm having something akin to a ptsd response yeah i haven't thought about the awana vest uh I, I i certainly haven't seen one in I don't know, 15 years.
4: Oh,
2: my gosh.
3: Uh, I'm, I'm, I have like, no my idea. My heart rate is elevated.
2: <laughs> You're going to get excited to get it back on.
3: Good. <sighs> I guess so.
2: I know that you had full crowns. I know I, you get several.
3: I did. And I, I took it one step further, which was there was like a, a regional invitational, um, something <gasps> called Awana Bible Quiz.
2: You went to nationals? Oh,
3: yeah. No, no. I just went to the one that was like 30 <laughs> miles away, which felt like something of a national Huge. accomplishment. But it was just like memorizing hundreds of Bible verses and then competing with other little weird guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
4: Yeah, other Sparkies we call them. Other Sparky like
2: <laughs> children.
3: Yeah. Other bucky hat
4: kids.
2: How'd you do there at the competition?
3: I did I did pretty well, but yes. you know, I, I don't think I got first, which ultimately, you know, made me a disappointment to my parents. But I And I, your grandfather. You know, yeah, no, <laughs> He uh he, he didn't hear about that. <laughs> <sighs>
2: <laughs> to keep him in the dark about
4: the family shame yeah, of what it would happened be, it at it would regionals
3: be too embarrassing for everyone right
4: right gracious okay this is a very conservative environment in the sense of like even theologically conservative in terms of like expression of of faith and worship it was not too jubilant as we were saying <laughs> with the music and whatnot so did you at the time desire a a a wider broader expression of faith or did it feel like, oh, this is what faith is. I don't know if I can do it, if that's what this is.
3: I, I do think within that particular conservative tradition, there's not a lot of room for sort of personal exploration mm. or expression. So it didn't occur to me um, that there was a, a more personal version of the faith. It was just this very rigid, prescriptive form. Um, and that was about as far as my brain went.
4: Yeah. Until when?
3: When Uh, Until last week, actually, when I stopped going to church.
4: (laughs) Finally, last week. Can you imagine? Last week.
3: (laughs) I was I was pretty checked out. I think uh, by like my sophomore year of high school. But I think up to that point, there was enough of like a Stockholm syndrome that I was just I was I was in it. It was all I knew.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was all friends. It was all relationships. It was community. It was the water that you swam in. The air that you breathed.
3: Yeah and the ultimate goal was to meet my uh, my wife at Church Camp which didn't happen it so did I uh, I failed.
4: Darn it. Well we I don't know if you got him, but we'd love to know about any evangelical Christian. Flint, Caroline, what are you doing?
2: I just, I wanted to change that picture because I was thinking like, I wouldn't like it if Kevin put a not great photo of me on his background and that I had to stare at that the whole Zoom. So, I, But I wanted to keep it in the same vein. So, so Caroline, the Daily Mail came to my rescue again. The daily,
4: so Caroline <laughs> has put up in the background of her Zoom. <laughs>
2: A moment for you to be proud of.
4: Yes. A tweet from a few years ago and a disgraced talk show host. Um that okay. the tweet was about. I'm uh, sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. Uh, but I, I did I did want to know about evangelical church flings. If you had any, if you had any Ooh, church yes. romances. Uh
3: I, sorry, go ahead, Caroline.
2: I was gonna I was gonna ask also if they were chaperoned or not.
3: <laughs> they they were not in, in, well. There, there's one particular one that ended up being kind of controversial. Um, so there was something called family camp where you and your whole family attend and stay in a little cabin and there are several weeks, but, uh, that was a great opportunity for me to, uh, meet, uh, teenage girls because, uh, otherwise the camps were, uh, like male and female only, um, so I went to family camp, and the uh, preacher that week had a daughter, uh, and we hung out a lot, Ooh. and we ended up kissing.
2: <gasps> Dangerous game, Thomas. Which
3: felt huge at the time. It was it was after dark. It was uh, near the archery targets, because, um, <gasps> you know, no one was Stupid. there at night. Um, I thought... That I had had the best week of my life um, and that maybe I was going to get married shortly thereafter. (laughs) But uh, when we went our separate ways and we went back home, she changed her Facebook status to It's Complicated. (gasps) And her dad, the preacher, messaged me on Facebook um, and Basically told me that I was not to speak to anyone in his family. Um,
2: oh my god! Not even her,
4: just anyone. Like I can't speak to grandma. <laughs> I can't speak to uncles. But Uncle did, Fred. I didn't.
3: I wasn't interested in talking to anyone but this particular <laughs> person. But no, he, 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 uh, he, he blocked my shot. He was he was very harsh, um, and I, I think that message probably exists somewhere. But basically, he told me I was I was bad, um, and uh, that stuck with me.
2: Wow. That sucks that you were bad. <laughs> yeah, uh for she's, kissing.
3: she's yeah. she's married now so I missed my opportunity.
4: Uh well I got some good news for you. They do have a thing called D I V O R C E now. No. <laughs> what? Yes.
2: She made a mistake obviously. <laughs>
0: yeah, what
4: yeah. what's so funny about the description of this and and even with all the stories we've heard before there's something about the landscape and subject matter of a particular kind of religion that exists in almost mythic archetypes in the sense (laughs) of like the fire and brimstone preacher, or you think of movies like Night of the Hunter and the way What's-His-Name looked in that. And one of the things that was, was so common in like a lot of stories or novels, music at the time was the idea of the angry Preacher and his daughter and the, you know, obviously the patriarchal ways in which he would like guard her sort of um honor and safety and protect her and all that stuff and would get riled up and, and get mad at anyone who would try to violate it at all. And it's literally what you're describing via Facebook is literally like <laughs> one of those stories where it's like, yeah, that's like a, I don't know, like it's like it's such a first draft idea of like what I don't know what a kind of preacher guy would do. I think in the South or in <laughs> Iowa or whatever the case may be. It's so funny. It,
3: it was it was super harsh, gang. He he said something in the message like, "I don't know your heart, but." uh and, and then just told me that what I'd done without his permission was very bad.
2: Uh, without his permission?
3: Did he want me to ask him before doing uh, kissing? Uh, I'm not sure. Do
2: you think he would have said yes?
3: I think, I think no. It's I think like, he would have
2: cool with this, yeah. It if this it. is an
4: issue of protocol breakdown. This, <laughs> no, I'm down. I want you the to clown around safe. with my daughter, but like, you have to fill out <laughs> the forms
2: first. He we just wanted to have an
3: eye on us while we were doing it. Right,
2: right.
4: <laughs> How interesting. I don't know your heart. Um, I don't know your heart would stay with me too.
2: That sucks, too. Like, I know on her end, you know, she changed it to It's Complicated. That was probably a huge deal for her. You know, she's like, I'm publicly proclaiming something. And then dad is also on Facebook. Major disappointment. Watching, watching what's going on. And then got a confession out of her because how else did he know it was you? You know, he found out. So she snitched. I don't think you should have been with this woman anyway because she is weak. (laughs) Would you want to yeah. be with
4: us? snitch, Thomas? <laughs>
3: T- to her credit, he had seen us hanging out at camp, so I think he had an he inkling. He put, put it together. Uh, yeah. Okay, okay. His, his deductive <laughs> abilities unparalleled.
2: Uh, like much like, a, like the kids in our show today.
4: A, a
3: preacher that solves Whoa. crimes.
4: Yeah, okay. So, yeah, you kind of... So so, so what age was that? What age did all that happen at?
3: That would have been four. Uh It would have been after my freshman year of high school. Okay, 14, Wait, no, no, no. 15 after my freshman year of high school.
4: Okay, uh, yeah. I would have been devastated. Y- you <laughs> yeah. were saying it was starting to kind of like wane and disintegrate for you in terms of like a faith life around sophomore year. So,
3: <laughs> Yeah, I think it would have been over the course of the year after that summer. I blame Jim and his Facebook message, man. Otherwise, yeah. maybe I'd be a pastor now, but he made me think... <laughs> Uh, maybe I should pursue a, a less judgmental belief system.
2: A more kiss friendly environment.
3: I'm looking for a, a kiss friendly God, and I have yet to find him. <laughs> well, welcome to Hollywood, where kisses are the <laughs>
4: currency. <laughs>
2: Currency.
4: <laughs> Thankfully, sincerely, um, yeah. So, okay, I want, I want, I want to hear a little bit about, like, yeah, kind of, kind of the turn. If it was sort of a fade out, something Caroline and I were discussing earlier tonight is the idea of like making an active choice to run away from God. Is I think kind of rare for most people. It's very seldom that someone makes the decision. I am now turning my back on you. I will no longer be a part of the faith, so how did it function for you with that stuff
3: That's a really good question. I think that for a very long time, I did not interrogate you know what I was being taught um i i I didn't think about it critically, and when I started to um Things started to break down. things didn't add up. I saw a fundamental disconnect between um, the the beliefs that I was taught and the way that people in the church were behaving. Um, I started to gather um, the perspective of people outside of the church um, and I, I don't know, things just just started to collapse through that process. I also had like a girlfriend in high school and it like she wasn't a Christian and it made my mom really mad. and I think that was kind of illuminating. So yeah, I don't know if that's a good answer, but that is my answer.
4: Well, yeah, it sounds like it was relational for you. It's almost like, uh, you you know, like how people have specific empathy for, (laughs) this is gonna be a silly example, but for like marginalized communities when there's a relationship where it's like, you care about the queer community a different way. If you have a very close friend who's gay, you care about, you know, like whatever the case may be. So for you dating someone who <laughs> ostensibly is not a Christian, you're like, oh shit. You know, like it was just the, maybe the intimacy of that relationship
3: was a yeah, part of it. Yeah, I, I, I developed a, a certain empathy for the the hellbound, unsaved. Yeah, um, that marginalized decided, community. <laughs> I don't know, maybe or I could be one you of
2: care? them. care. <laughs> And then, I must, that must have been a, a bit of a uproar with your family. I mean, you were going to church that often. And that young, you were already, like, kind of raising the flags on things. That must have been difficult.
3: Yeah, no, it was not. It, it, the floor was definitely not open for discussion. Like, any indication that, like, I was pulling away was not entertained um, and was just sort of met with ire. And And I understand where that comes from. I think if you believe deeply that a person who doesn't, go to church, will go to hell, then like naturally, you know, you're going to want to keep someone from that fate. But um, yeah, it was, it was kooky. I think something that helped me was I was the fifth of six kids. And so Mm. at a certain point you just get tired, right? Like there's (laughs) only so much you can do. Fine. Kids going to run away, going to be of the world, going to be in the world. It's fine
2: five out of six is pretty good you know if one of them loses I think God will he'll round up
3: also six six of six still loves God so they they won they're doing fine
4: okay good great as long as one of them you know maybe there's like some sort of like sibling law we don't know about in the afterlife right where God like,
2: loves families he's not gonna break them up
4: yeah God Amen. would not separate families at the border of this side of eternity oh. and the other side of eternity wow <laughs> You wouldn't do that in
2: he, the and it, and He has a little sign out front of Heaven's Gate that says, In this house, we believe in science is real. <laughs> <laughs> that immigrants are I don't know, people. <laughs> what well, the rest
3: of that? Sign
4: yeah, it's clear this is a heartfelt belief of yours as well, Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> immigrants
3: Sorry, the are words, people? <laughs> the words, we believe in science is real is very funny to me. <laughs>
2: oh, well, that's I, how it reads to this, me. This, most this is actually the time.
4: part of the GC. We're gonna launch this merch, but this is part of the GCF sign that we want y'all to put out on your front lawns. Mm. We believe in that science is real.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that Gerbert is good.
4: Gerbert uh, is good all the time, and all the time Gerbert is good. So, what's faith for you now? Is it an object of fascination? Is it something that still haunts your ass in any way?
3: <laughs> uh, it's uh. I don't know. It's like a little spectral or like metadata or something. It's like, it's, it's stuff that I don't really think mm-hmm. about, but because I spent 18 years of my life collecting all of this information, deeply invested in this belief system, I think it underscores the way that I think about the world unconsciously. Um, Cause like, I don't know, all of my schema are rooted in really conservative biblical ideas. Um, so, yeah.
4: Yeah, it's it's one of those things. It probably feels like uh, a lens that you didn't know was still on the camera in a way. Or maybe the better metaphor would be like, it's like a speck of dust. It's like, wait, why is this so smudgy after all this time? Oh, I haven't cleaned this off quite. <laughs> or an even better metaphor for all you gearheads out there, it's like a speck of dust that's on the sensor inside of the camera, not even on the naked lens externally. Oh, you're speaking my
2: language. (laughs) I got it now. (laughs) Now Caroline's-
4: (laughs) (laughs) Caroline's, I'm
2: locked in. Yeah,
4: seeing all the ones and zeros in the matrix.
3: (laughs) For any gearheads, if you zoned out, rewind 30 seconds, there's a little Easter egg in there for you.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those things. So so a reaction I get whenever it comes up with a new person that was homeschooled. The go-to obvious joke is like, Oh, okay, that explains everything. Okay, I think i get this now. <laughs> have you had like moments of that, like moments of like faux revelation with people where it's like, Oh, okay, because it's like this religious stuff. Like this explains mm-hmm. away maybe some current day behavior that you have now.
3: That is a good question. Um, Not that I can think of. um, But yeah, I do think for me, I'm like constantly uh, trying to replace those like expectations of like transcendence and profundity with like, I don't know, art or things that are viscerally exciting to me. Otherwise there is just this emptiness.
4: Yeah. And what do we do with that? We got to fill it with art. And podcasts are art, aren't they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, <laughs> uh, gracious. Yes. I know. Art occupying that space. Well, I think that's something we can talk about a little bit more in the second half. So let's take a quick break. But first of all, Thomas, thank you for sharing your story and thank all you, the specifics of your upbringing. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, I didn't even share the church controversy involving pornography. Do I save that? <gasps> oh,
4: Thomas, we got Okay, it. Wait, wait,
2: wait. that's a perfect cliffhanger for a post-ad.
3: <laughs> there we go. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun.
1: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars
3: under $20,000 just waiting for you.
1: I could stay here forever.
4: Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time to dive into Born. the topic. Come on, let's go. In. Which is porn today?
2: <laughs> okay. What if we just cover it on the show. Born. What are you I'm think? sure? Year 10,
4: that's what it's going to be. Anyway, yeah. okay. Uh very optimistic to think we'll both be alive in year 10. <laughs>
2: very, very, I mean, very sweet.
4: Before we get into Christian pop po- culture, before we get into Last Chance Detectives, we do have to hear the the controversy that took place at the church.
2: And Kevin and I are not smiling about this because we take this really seriously. <laughs> it's not funny. It's like, not funny, and it's uh, we're scared. We we'll don't love up. it.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm scared too. Um, this was a full hog scandal. Uh, you full can call hog. It so you could gate. see full hog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I I will make this brief, but uh, this is also something I didn't find out until years later. But the uh, pastor's wife. I use that terminology because that's the terminology that's used in the church. I will not name them. I'm going to keep this sure. anonymous. But she would often dye her hair. And it was something that people in the church noticed, uh, but didn't think too much about. Uh, one night, some teens were at the parsonage and found some homemade videotapes. And no. Yes, uh, featuring the uh, pastor um, and his spouse engaging in consensual activities as a married couple. Sure. But uh, the fact that they had filmed it and that it was lustful uh, turned into a scandal. <gasps> um, and so the teens reported it to their parents, who reported it to the they deacons, did. which led to a resignation. Um no. it, yeah, 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 they were just having a good time. This just- is oh
4: interesting, actually. Okay, because this cause is interesting. Of course, team this up. You would think, uh, as you would with a lot of these uh, church scandals, that there's maybe some measure of infidelity, or you know, and the most horrific. Cases abuse or impropriety with minors or something. But you're telling me <laughs> that the scandal was two adults getting hot and horny for each other, enjoying it and wanting to capture a memory for this. Wow. I mean, it's not like they were uploading it to like a contest, were they? I mean, Yeah. It I was... mean,
3: not not to my knowledge. I don't think they knew how to get the VHS tape in the computer.
4: <laughs> where where did the kids find the? Where did these last little last chance detectives?
2: <laughs> there they follow the clues.
3: They, it's 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 also not like they were on the dining table. I think these asshole kids were like digging through their closets and drawers. That you sucks. know, oh, everything so... everything about it sucks. It's like they were ultimately punished for having a a, a, a passionate a marriage. life. <laughs>
2: yeah, you would think the church would be like. Awesome, keep it up. And we expect her hair to be blue next week, you know, um, in order to support the nuclear family continuing on in America, which is a battleground for families right now. The liberals are trying to tear them apart. That's right.
4: It's and definitely the strongest building block, foundational <laughs> institution that is keeping this thing society we got going together. For us. It's hetero marriage.
2: That's crazy. The ethics of this are wild. Like, just the the idea, of like, well, the fact that it's it's on a tape is. We just know that's wrong, and we'll stop it there. These teens should have been reported to the police. (laughs) (laughs) For
3: being a little perverts.
2: Yeah, and for, you know, going through private property. That should have been the consequence.
4: And you can see Uh, the drama of this church scandal play out in the new FX series, Tom and Pammy.
2: (laughs) Ooh.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Jim and Pammy. That's crazy. Wow.
2: I can't believe they got... Like he resigned I'm over that. I'm sad about so that. That like, makes me sad too. Wait
4: a minute. This is this is wait so a
2: strange.
3: <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to bum everyone out. No,
2: it's just amazing, and the fact that the teens watched it—like—is that what the they the pastor did wrong? Is like teens were somehow able to find this material and ruined their lives or something? But this much uh, this and they snitched. This speaks. I, I think to the, the idea is that yeah.
3: sex is just for for. Procreation You know You're not allowed To have a good time
2: Oh no
4: That's interesting Yeah that's more Of a Catholic ethic With it But I wonder too If it speaks to The cultural climate Of a church That wouldn't allow For guitars Because (laughs) I I do imagine At a church In which there is More of a loose Aesthetic Like something More like a Stephen Furtick church Or a Carl Lentz church Mm -hmm. God love us Or like someone else Where it's like Part of the brand Is you talking about How hot your wife is that a sex right. tape would be a boon to Huge. the you know pr- to the particular platform.
2: You'd have copycats all what over the church. Bummer. I know. Yeah, um, and I think Victoria when find,
3: would leak theirs. <laughs> when we find this kiss positive God, this theoretical kiss positive <laughs> cosmic entity, I think these two uh, will be an incredible vessel for for his message.
2: In this house, we believe that we believe in science is real. We believe in kiss positivity. <laughs> And we believe that dinosaurs exist.
4: Should ram their wives and film <laughs> that it? Should be ramming
2: their wives. That your hair should be fried. <laughs> um,
3: also, that- when you say ramming, I should add. Sex style, right? We're talking sex about uh, style. yeah, yeah, yeah sex having sex. Style. Okay, great. Yeah, good. Yeah, sex oh, style. Yeah, We all know. Yeah. We
2: all know. I don't what know that what is. other kind of ramming there is.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you know, like Dodge Ram. What are we talking? Like Paul McCartney <laughs> <laughs> solo album. What are we? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> Just absolutely That's nuts.
2: Wrong. Wow, thank you for saving that. That was a treat.
4: Wow, oh, beautiful. I mean, yeah, much to think about. That is such, it's such a good I I don't mean to get stuck on it. It's just such an interesting story. About <laughs> two people who really did nothing wrong, but people were just scandalized by the, oh wow, you gotta think about they that. They didn't for know a long what else time. to do with it. Yes. Uh Christian pop culture. Oh we're talking God. about last chance detectives. You talked <laughs> about how switchfoot meant a great deal to you, and that was your rebellion. At one point. The bad boys of Switchfoot. Yes, the the bad boys. John Foreman, We're that Kermit voice little
3: motherfucker. <laughs> I Those guys scared. you to move
2: away from God. <laughs> they did dare you.
3: <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, my God. You guys should do this on another episode, but there was a Stephen Baldwin produced uh, skateboarding DVD featuring no. Christian Shredders called Live in It that was very popular. That was another watershed moment for me. Did we anyway.
4: watch that? No, that was
3: Extreme Days that we watched. Oh,
2: thank you. Okay, <laughs> we're living, we're living, we're living.
3: Living um, it. Stephen
2: yeah. Baldwin produced,
3: <laughs> and Stephen Baldwin is in it, like oh, shepherding these kids, well. despite no. not skateboarding himself. I don't get it. It was
4: shot in oh, Portland. It's forty five minutes long. Two thousand four. It came out. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, we can we can uh, crank through this one, <laughs> but the last chance detectives, <laughs> like we can, uh, you know, maybe. Set the table for this one a little bit. It was a, you know, it was a series of Christian TV movies or direct-to-video movies. They only made three of those direct-to-video movies, but then they continued the franchise, focused on the family, you know, uh, the author and perfecter of such works as Adventures in Odyssey and McGee and Me also uh, did this. And then they made it into a little radio show for a few episodes. They made 12 episodes oh. of it into a radio show. Uh, and they recast some of the roles at, at one point, uh, the, the woman character, the woman character, God, I'm just trying so hard not to say female, the girl, Caroline. Yeah. I should just say the girl, but then the I woman. get in my head, like, don't say a girl. That's a fan. But it's literally, <laughs> a girl. Actually a it's a actually child. a child girl. And I was like, the woman,
2: the little woman, <laughs>
3: Male and female is such church language. I just thought we were in character. Oh, female. I
2: know. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we can just play it off as a bit, whatever. <laughs>
4: that's what I thought. The little girl characters played by Mae Whitman in the, in the radio series. Oh, Mae Whitman? Yeah, Mae Whitman, who most people would know from Parenthood or Anne from Arrested Development or Good Girls oh uh, on, uh, on NBC, RIP. So, uh, she- Thomas, go ahead,
2: Caroline. Oh, it's okay. All right, move on.
4: No, no. I have a feeling we're going to want to hear this. No, I'm just kidding.
2: <laughs> I'm just going to ask if she was raised Christian, maybe. I don't maybe so. know.
4: I had, I had drinks with her one time. She was really nice. It was like seven years ago, and she oh, definitely doesn't drop, remind Pat. me who, who I am. Uh, <laughs> Thomas, what is your history with Last Chance Detectives, a video series that was also a mainstay in the Porter family household as well?
3: I did not know that. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, I I think that looking at like McGee and Me, Adventures and Odyssey, I feel like those were kind of the cash cows for Focus on the Family. Mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. Last Chance Detectives flies under the radar a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I was surprised you had not yet covered it on the show. Um, At that point in time, pretty much all of the media that I was permitted to consume was Christian. And so Mm -hmm. this was like, the edgiest of those there was there was peril with aliens there was uh the second film features a bigfoot uh which is whoa frightening um and i think i was just excited by like uh, the the cryptids and the and the paranormal conceit it made it all um i don't know a little more interesting
2: well, you was looking to get your thrills and chills on when you <laughs> watch this
4: show.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was just trying to shit my pants. <laughs> and you didn't
4: know how, except through this. <laughs> I mean, it really is uh, sort of capitalizing on, I mean, this comes out just about the same time as X-Files. And it's like little kid Christian X-Files in a way, in terms of mm-hmm. the sort of intersection of paranormal stuff that it's dealing with as well.
2: It's a little Goonies. It's a little Stand By Me. It's a little, um... It's a little Hardy boy. doo a little Hardy
3: boy. Yeah, it's those little Shardy Boys, but New Mexico style. <laughs> That's right.
2: I love that it's set in New Mexico. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't really pick up on the fact... I Well, I've only seen this movie, but that the entire series, there's like a paranormal element going on in each of the stories. Like, none of them are just like, some cats are getting stolen or something like that, right?
4: But it's like, are aliens real? Is Bigfoot real? And then it's like, no, God's real. <laughs> God's real. <laughs>
3: they yeah, they pull their punches. They can't even have fun with the premise. The way this resolves, there are no aliens. There's nothing particularly interesting. Come on, focus no. on the family. No no flight of fancy.
2: Yeah, kids get wise to that soon, too. They're not going to be faked out a third time.
4: Because the thing about, I will say this, in Defensive Adventures in Odyssey is the thing about it is that they will mess around with genre. They'll just do it within a fictional show, within a show in the, in the program. So they'll do like a BTV or a kid's radio and do like a Twilight Zone takeoff with like a talking chicken. It's so or something. crazy,
2: Thomas. Like the way that they play the genre when they do a show within a show. Okay. <laughs> and that's where things get a little cuckoo. So it's a lot more fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible.
3: Adventures in Odyssey does have a couple spooky episodes, um, oh, both they do. in the uh, radio series and the the animated show, and those are always my favorite.
4: Yeah. Little genre. So with this, you got let, let's let's just run down the characters. You got Mike. Mike's father <laughs> and grandfather were Air Force pilots. Their hideout in in the show is in inside a fighter jet. You got Winona, which a oh, Winnie, who uh, I believe uh, is the only. <laughs> I can't. Why am I struggling to talk about this character in any way? You got way? this.
2: Keep it going. There's. It's not a minefield.
4: what's so funny is in the little wikipedia about last chance detectives for the little character rundowns it says little is known about winnie except that she lives with her grandmother (laughs) which is very funny you got Spence; he's kind of the tech expert and then ben he's like the fun silly guy he reads comic books he loves silver surfer he's the one who thinks he sees aliens so you got this like the the four potpourri uh, for them, create quite a potpourri. Uh, in this one, you're right, Thomas, in that the the Christianity is pretty light. It's pretty standard, run of the mill, like TV movie for kids. Oh, we got to solve the thing. There's only one scene, really, of any theological import, uh, and it's a conversation that kind of the leader of the pack, Mike, has with his grandfather, uh, who's, mm. you know, in the first early stages grips of dementia and Alzheimer's. <laughs> so he doesn't <laughs> quite know what he's saying. He's talking about a fog a lot. So, so the premise of this show, there there's, uh, there's two concurrent stories, one of which is there was a heist in a museum and they don't know how, and the other is that aliens might be real and, you know, uh, Spence, the fun kid, uh, sees what he believes ben. to be aliens in the desert, mm-hmm. and those don't intersect until later. Um, but Spence says it's little green guys, it's little aliens. This is definitely what you're saying. Spence, it's Ben. What? The, who's? Oh, excuse me. Spence is the nerdy guy. It's Ben. Thank yes. you. Thank Ben's you. Ben's
3: the one who's supposed to be Chunk from the Goonies, but the young actor is not good, uh, so it, it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't have the desired effect.
4: He likes a Chunk charisma, the kind of charisma (laughs) that, uh, yeah, uh, I believe the actor who plays Chunk is now an entertainment lawyer, for real. He's got
2: all the fear, but none of the
4: flair. That's right. (laughs) So all we need to know about this scene so far is that the children, Ben in particular, accidentally broke Uh, Mike's compass that his father, who died in a fiery plane crash, question mark.
2: Oh, y'all. There was not a question. That was visual.
4: (laughs) (laughs) An explosion. Wait, should I find the... Here. Yes. Okay, I will find this. (laughs) Sorry,
2: we'll get back to the compass. I will share the screen.
4: There's a quick (laughs) prologue just kind of setting the stage for the show. It's in the fictional town of Ambrosia in Arizona, we love a Southwest, a very specific setting, play, things that take place in a specific place. But there's a quick prologue. <laughs> 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 so like, hey, why are this kid his mother here? You know, what's going on? And uh, there's some voiceover to accompany it, but we're going to watch it. And I believe we'll hear the foley of what happens.
5: One was a compass he brought back from somewhere far away. The other, a leather pocket Bible. He said that as long as I kept them close my path would always be straight. I didn't really know what that meant then, but I knew that if my dad said it, it was true. (laughs) And to me, it didn't matter that he flew a fighter jet or had a shirt full of medals. He was my dad, and that made him my hero. That was the last time
4: I ever saw him. Okay, so... No one
5: knows for sure what really happened.
4: They, they do show... At- when, the, when the child says oh he, he was my hero, they do show a jet exploding...
3: We don't know what happened. No, the jet exploded. <laughs> the jet, uh,
2: whole thing, just burned, ball of flame, just huge explosion.
4: Very upsetting. It, it's sad. It's very oh, sad. It's very it's upsetting. It's
2: so messed up. To put that in, it was like not necessary at all. You're seeing like stock flying imagery up to that point. Because they could just, oh, yeah, just have him fly
4: into the mountains or whatever for a little Right, like, and be like,
2: and he was Titch gone. of
4: ambiguity. <laughs> So the compass is meaningful to this child because his father, who's MIA presumed (laughs) dead, gave it to him in pieces so the compass breaks and he brings it instead to his grandfather who kind of offers him a little bit of advice of, you know because he's wrestling with you know mike uh, mike saying all this stuff or not mike jesus ben sorry COVID brain guys <laughs> COVID
1: brain, <laughs> the, the woman character
4: and so his grandfather has this to say ben
1: oh you mean ben jones huh i um i heard he made uh, quite a scene last night something about a ufo
5: yeah, when he just says he wants attention after what he'd done.
1: Oh, and, uh, you didn't believe
5: him? C- come on, Pop. UFOs? No.
1: Sounds <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy, but I'll tell you, Mike, he, uh, he swears that he saw something.
5: He didn't see anything.
1: Mike, you sure this isn't about the compass? You know, sounds to me, Mike, like, uh, well, like you're calling your friend a liar. Maybe, uh... Because you're mad at him?
5: Ben's not a liar, Pop. It's just, I i feel so, I don't know.
1: Uh-huh. Fog. What? It throws everything out of whack. If you decide to become a flyer like your dad, you're just gonna have to learn to deal with it. I had to learn to deal with it. Hit us a lot flying those 17s during the war.
5: Fog. Fog.
1: We were on a mission it. one night over France and that fog covered every square inch of that country. Our side and the Nazi side. We didn't see one enemy Nazis. fighter. They probably thought the fog got us too. What happened? Mike, we lost our bearings. I didn't know right side up from upside down. We couldn't even find our own airfield. I was so scared. I was so scared, my mouth felt like sawdust.
5: What happened after that?
1: Our choice was to let her fly until the fuel ran out, and then ditch her, let her crash, and bail out.
5: But you didn't.
1: No, we didn't. How dare you speak to me like that. (laughs) You know, the compass and the rest, because I knew that they were going to take us back to that airfield, and bingo, we set her down on the money. Wow, close call, huh? It was real close. If we had trusted our feelings instead of our instruments, we wouldn't have made it. And think of this, Mike. You and I wouldn't even be having this conversation. Mike, life is full of foggy times, and you can't let your feelings make the decisions. (laughs) That's why God gave us a compass.
5: The Bible. Exactly. But what does that have to say about situations like, you know, Ben?
1: Well, let me see. First of all, it says that a friend sticks closer than a brother. Look Here, read that, Mike.
5: Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God has forgiven you, because you belong to Christ. This doesn't mean I have to believe his crazy story, though,
1: does it? Well, no, not exactly. But it does mean that you shouldn't hold on to grudges. Mike, right? be tenderhearted. Now, as for this compass, it's looking a little rough. I'll tell you, we're going to need some new parts, but together, together, I bet we can fix her. Okay? Okay. Oh, wait, we do get one of these at the end.
5: Oh, Pop? Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Hell
4: yeah. yeah.
3: (laughs) Mike.
4: Could y'all track this theologically? The idea is that your feelings, I, I guess it's something we've talked about before on the show, the heart is deceitful above all things. You have to trust in the immovable uh in inerrancy of your instruments. In that story's example, it was the, you know, the flight equipment, the fact that they were gonna get through the fog okay. And in this case, it's the Bible, which the inerrancy of that is saying don't hold grudge. It just got, I mean, speaking of fog, it just got a little foggy as as they were <laughs> describing it.
2: Yeah, and you gotta be careful because if you're not being care watching the skies up there you're going to explode and into a million little bits so grandpa he is giving him both flight advice and life advice both very important to their family line because good gracious you know things can go south so quickly
4: you know why your um, father exploded he trusted his feelings too much <laughs> he was going
2: with a gut instinct to explode he
4: went with his gut and then he went bust <laughs>
2: right um I, I don't think grandpa quite or pops uh quite <laughs> stuck the landing there because he was saying <laughs> you know to to uh, be a good friend to not follow the feeling of i guess thinking your friend is an idiot <laughs> who you don't trust anymore <laughs> or like um which is good but that the the Bible has a cut and dried answer, which is to just not hold a grudge. I, w- I was like, I don't think grudge was the issue. I think it was just more like suspicion and um uh perhaps pain, you know, that <laughs> his friend had lost his marbles. Uh so there was there was some there was some fog in his explanation. I think we <laughs> can say that. Um, My compass is broken. All I can think about is the explosion. So I'm (laughs) flying blind myself, my friends. What about you guys?
3: (laughs) You know, I think grandpa's cool and and wise. And yeah, I think everything he said tracks.
4: Wow. Okay. Asked an answer. 10 out of 10 from Thomas. (laughs) Yeah, it is one of those things that feels fairly consistent with the focus on the family platform. When you take it in context with a lot of the other... Media that they put out and obviously like some of the things we've talked about in Adventures in Odyssey, Caroline, where feelings are very bad. Uh, If if it's just a feeling, you have to go with scripture. You have to trust in the Lord. These like humbling yourselves, appealing to a higher being in this sense. But yes, the the foggy way Grandpa got to it (laughs) it just tickled me silly. And truly, that's really (laughs) the only theological content in this little direct-to-TV right, movie. That's and it. And you know, it was
2: pretty wholesome and I would say it was like, it was, well, it was supposed to be pretty, you know, like, common sense, corn-fed <laughs> wisdom of America. <laughs> I wouldn't even say it was particularly out there uh, when we're talking on the focus of the family spectrum. One, one uh, major ethic that they did send home with this scene, too, is listening to old men uh, dole out <laughs> advice as often as oh, yeah.
4: possible. The Mr. Whitaker model.
2: Exactly.
3: Mr. Whitaker.
4: Absolutely. John Avery Whitaker style. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all the meat on the bone, gang, as far as like the Christian (laughs) content of The Last Chance Detectives. I'm sure there's other stuff in other, you know, in in some of the other videos. But, you know, they wrap up the mystery. The the thing is produced okay. You know, like, I, I remember being entertained by this, although this did not unlock any memories for me. From when mm. I was a kid. No memory. No, the way that like Sparky did for Thomas and he went to a fugue state earlier in, in this episode. <laughs> Good take some breath. I'm
3: coming out of it. I will say the one, the one thing in this episode that I think is genuinely cool is the title sequence with the big goofy theme where the camera is like creeping around that decommissioned plane with like the neon diner in the background. I'm like, oh, this is like kind of flashy. Everything else is... Like just barely competent.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would love to hang out in that airplane slash diner corner store area. That sounded like it's like a cool spot. In a hundred and five degree
4: weather in Arizona. In <laughs> yeah, in a
2: hot metal plane that's <laughs> dead.
4: Hot boxing with <laughs> Ben and spin. And, and a Whitney. little woman. In a, in, a, in a young <laughs> woman, girl, little girl, woman, a little chick. I don't know. I to say, this broad, I mean, um, uh,
2: <laughs> Thomas, speaking of the music, I thought the music in this was really fun and it kind of, I'm pretty sure it was ripping off John Williams quite a bit throughout 100%. The, the whole episode, but I don't mind because it was good, you know, sure.
3: But yeah, there are some motifs in there that, that are almost catchy, so. <laughs>
4: Yeah, the the composer of it is a guy named John Campbell, who uh people would know as the composer of a lot of the adventures in Odyssey music as well. So mm. he was like one of their in-house guys who obviously was was very talented as very well. Very good. Yeah.
3: Did he write the McGee and me theme? Because that's the one that gets yeah, stuck in my head. I think yeah, he, did. I think he That's, that's a ripper. Good. I feel like that was the peak, probably. Oh, it was
4: so good. Uh you, or was that was that him or was that James Koval I think it, it was like that was James yeah, McGee and the <laughs> me is like. <laughs> <laughs> what Wait, this
3: podcast. little Rube Goldberg machine?
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. That show is crazy.
3: Gracious.
4: Anything else to say about The Last Chance Detectives? I didn't listen to these episodes of the radio show at all. <laughs> I, so like, I, never... I can't compare and contrast.
3: I, I, I didn't either. I think I think in retrospect, maybe the Bigfoot one is is, is the one I liked most as a kid. Uh, don't know that I'm gonna revisit it though, because this didn't do much for me. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned Mae Whitman was on the radio show. Did you dig into uh the, the Winnie actor at all? Do you oh, know I the did. fun Hollywood connection there?
4: The Winnie actor, she's played by Crystal Lightning. Crystal Lightning, of course. She so, yeah, let's talk about her for a second. Her
3: her mom is uh first of all, she's a First Nations indigenous actor, which is uh there there have been like two of those in Hollywood history. So focus on the family actually doing something uh, on a level of representation Whoa. here. Incredible. Um but her her mother, Georgina Lightning, directed a Bradley Cooper star vehicle in 2008. Whoa, whoa, what? whoa,
2: whoa. Yeah. <laughs> You're speaking Kevin's language. Oh, the Called, the oh,
3: <laughs> older than America, which I have never heard of. No,
2: I've never heard of this. But his
3: face is on the poster, and it just jumped to the top of my watch list.
2: <gasps>
4: oh, my what? gosh.
2: Georgina Lightning directed it.
4: Oh, The Queen. Okay, yes. Okay. Older than America, the film explores the devastating personal and cultural effects of the American Indian boarding schools on members of a Native American family in Minnesota. So, Whoa. I don't I don't know if Bradley Cooper's the good guy or the bad guy here. <laughs> um, oh gosh. No, he's a he's a government geologist.
3: <laughs> okay, I got to read this. I got to watch this. What? I'm I'm super curious about this movie. Um, and just his journey,
4: you know, just everything he's doing in his life. You you got to keep abreast of, oh, goodness gracious. He
2: doesn't make mistakes. He makes opportunities.
4: That's right. Whoa. Jackson it's Maine makes mistakes. Bradley Cooper <laughs> just <right>. makes opportunities. <laughs>
2: That's right. So whatever is there, there's going to be something. You're going to know why he made that choice.
4: That's right. So if he pees himself in not one, but two major motion pictures in a four-year span, <laughs> it's because he wanted to. Pay attention. Pay attention. And if you're not, pay attention. <laughs> okay, let's rate this thing. The way this works, Thomas, is we're going to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down in the form of a holy toast or holy roast. Holy toast is when we send these four kids and their fighter jet all the way to heaven. Holy roast, we send them down where it's hotter than Arizona. Or if we're not sure, we can send them to Purgatory, a la The Space Between. And we'll start with Caroline.
2: <laughs> Jet fuel does not does melt airplanes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, but it should melt this movie because I'm giving it a roast. I uh, Similar to Thomas, you know, I, I don't have a background with this movie. I guess that's different. But there wasn't a lot in this well for me to drink from. Um, it was so, it was disappointing because I think Winnie could have been uh, really interesting. I think she should have been, if she had been the leader of the gang, I think this would have been a better tale to tell, but to center it on, you know, this sort of average uh, little white boy with a cute face. I understand why they did it. It was a
4: mistake. Um, yeah, so but Winnie's great- dad didn't explode in the middle <laughs> of the sky. <laughs>
2: so, yeah, that's true. He is a little interesting in that way. Um, but... Uh, like the stock characters were there, but there wasn't. It wasn't giving anything. Um, and that's too bad. But uh, I hope those kids are all doing well. They're now adults. They're probably in their fifties.
4: <laughs> Fifty? Uh, no, I mean this was ninety four. Yeah, so whatever, they're probably Kevin. in the late forties. I believe in science. Uh, actually, up. let me <laughs> data check you on this one. Okay. Sorry, got in the Gerbert there. I right, think Caroline, <laughs> we turned it to Thomas.
3: This is tough for me because I loved this so much as a kid. Um, but looking at it with clear eyes, unfortunately, mm. think I gotta roast it. Think the storytelling's clumsy. Uh, think the filmmaking's bad. Focus on the family. I'm not buying it.
4: Wow wow, Wow, tell him, old Dobby himself found dead in a ditch. Dr. Dobby. <laughs> I'm the
2: first, the original Tommy.
4: Taking bullets from Thomas Kravinsky.
3: I'm going to hell.
2: <laughs> You're spanking his life's work right now.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
4: should, we, should we change the rating system, Caroline, from like, roast or toast to like, spank or thank?
2: <laughs> but is like, spank a good or bad thing? I don't know. <laughs> well, it depends. That's the it
4: thing. Depends. You can spank it or thank it.
3: Like, it just depends whether or not it ends up on a VHS tape, you know?
4: Yeah, true. (laughs) Oh, Dr. Dobby. Okay, I will give it... um, I mean, I love little children solving a case. I do. I want to know as much as they do. I want them to hack into the mainframe. I want to see someone uh, call a cop fat (laughs) in the middle of a diner (laughs) and say you're just eating donuts, getting fat... But um, yeah, I gotta roast it too. I, I gotta follow mm. my heart and Oof. have a little integrity here, and roast it as well. Even though it was a VHS, a VHS <laughs> in my household, but that, you know that notwithstanding. So, all right, we did it, gang. We we solved the case of whether the Last Chance Detectives was good. But now we have a further case to solve for the next episode of What the Heck Happened. To that nice pastor and wife That made a nice little <laughs> Probably wholesome missionary style No kink <laughs> to speak of sex tape Lots of saying they loved each other throughout, I'm sure They probably both had their shirts on Yeah <laughs> The whole time <laughs> Oh, it's so sad it's Nothing so sad. wrong with that Oh, gracious Okay, now let's take it down Let's use a synthesizer Which is not allowed in Thomas's church And let's bring it down to a more worshipful space and place. And Thomas, on other shows, you might promote yourself or your projects or your social media. But we're not here to do that. We're here to lift (laughs) them up to the Lord as a loving and humble sacrifice to him. In addition to those things, we may lift up something that we're enjoying in the secular culture. The last great thing we watched or read or listened to. And even in the secular things, God is reflected. His glory is reflected. And we start as per usual with Caroline.
2: You can hold me accountable to my faith at Caroline's Farts on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Mm. Um, I'm going to lift up a film that rocked my world, rocking the whole world, rocking around the world. Uh, it's called Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh unlike anything you've ever seen probably uh, such a delight and wholesome to boot I really 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 recommend you go see it especially in theaters my theater was packed and it was so fun Um, really great time at the Americana as usual Uh, ran into some previous guests Liz Moppin, Nick Jester Shout out to those two and, so And
4: Mike All three of And Mike, guests. that's right
2: <laughs> So that could happen to you If you go see that movie too So I hope you do
4: You can run into previous guests Of your podcast In the <laughs> Infinite Universe
2: That's right At your mall
4: <laughs> Alright, thank you Caroline We turn it to Thomas
3: uh, Hey gang Uh, I have nothing really of my own to promote at this stage, but uh, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, that's at handsome underscore pal. And I mostly (laughs) just uh, talk about movies, Uh, but maybe I'll start talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Should be. Um, Something that I would like to lift up is a movie that is coming out soon called We're All Going to the World's Fair by uh, a filmmaker named Jane Schoenbrunn, um, which is uh, one of my favorite movies that I've seen in some time. It is uh, an independent film about a teen girl who goes very deep in a role-playing activity on YouTube um, and befriends a strange adult man from far away uh, It's really great It's like a movie about creepypasta That feels uh, like it really understands Strange corners of the internet So uh, mm. coming to theaters, highly recommended
4: Did you know that's Garfield's favorite horror genre? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: okay <So> dumb. <laughs> No, I think that's cool
2: Thomas, you can hang up the Zoom if you want. But keep in mind, he is ailing.
3: I'm He's sad. unwell.
4: That's, that's sorry, it's, COVID brain. It's day nine COVID brain. I'm so sorry.
3: <laughs> it's
2: COVID brain, but of it's, course.
3: Sounds like you might just have Garfield brain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Garfield on the brain. As I guess usual. what?
3: <laughs> there is no cure, baby. <laughs> L- L- long Garfield.
2: I have long Garfield. And I have since <laughs> I was a His child. Terminal Garfield.
4: Man, I need to bust out that Garfield mm-hmm. fan club stationery that my mom sent me uh, <laughs> a couple months Aww. ago. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter Everywhere on Peloton, OnlyFans, Letterboxd. OnlyFans, I'm sorry, fans. I'm going to get back to it real soon, I promise. Caroline you and need I need to pull
2: your bucks. If he's not delivering, that is not a service rendered. Listen, get a I'm refund.
4: Gonna, I'm trying. COVID. Get your 25 my cents back. We are having a fire sale. It's 25 cents for a two-year subscription.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's worth every penny if he shows up.
4: On theme with everyone else's lift-ups, I will lift up a little movie called It's Always Fair Weather. It's a musical from 1955 starring Gene Kelly, which you can watch on streaming platforms like the Criterion Channel. And it's a very joyous, fun, silly movie in which Gene Kelly tap dances, and roller skates. It's beautiful. He's a beautiful Ooh, man doing a beautiful yes. thing in a movie like that. Gorgeous to look at, gorgeous to watch. You can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. You can go to patreon.com slash good Christian fun for more good Christian fun, and you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is rain. Thomas, thank you so much for joining you, Thomas. us. Thomas. This is a
3: pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. This was amazing.
4: And there's nothing left to say except for, okay? Okay. I love you. I love you. Thank you, Thank Emma. You, Emma. Amen. Amen. Now, Thomas, it can be Switchfoot. It can be someone else. But what is a Christian song, a CCM song that you would like us to end this episode of Good Christian Fun on?
3: That's a great question. How about um, In Love with the 80s by Reliant K? Thanks.
4: Nice. Okay. In love with the 80s. Parentheses. Pink tux to the prom.
3: This is the one.
4: Shout out to Reliant K, who we've had to do a 180 on since they started putting similar on their lineup. All right. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. And I look up to my
5: big bro, cause in the 80s all the ladies grabbed his sand and couldn't let go.
4: And I'm only gonna pierce my left ear. That,
5: that was a gum Podcast.